Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand business show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Chad Peterson. And then I realized he never saw me fall. He was too far away to see that my hands were swollen. There was blood coming down my legs. He only saw me when I rode by. And so one of the things I teach people up front when we're talking about their stories is, and what they do is, you don't have to be the best. You just have to be memorable. And nothing makes you more memorable than the stories you tell. And specifically, a lot of them about you. What makes you, you? Hi there, and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle, and every week I speak to incredible people who share their secrets to building, marketing, and monetizing your expertise and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive. If you're new to the show, then while you still have your device in your hand, use it. Take a second to subscribe. If that's on Apple Podcasts, it's the plus icon on the top right. And if it's on YouTube, that's it's more complex. It's like and subscribe and also leave a comment and you're the best if you're on YouTube because there's so few of you. This week, I am thrilled to welcome Chad Peterson to the show. I've been trying to get Chad on the show for how long, Chad? You tell them. Uh, I'll do it. Probably this is probably about a year months. and a half. A year and a half. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's talk about wow. a catalog of misfortunes. COVID, hair dramas, not something I have. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. But I'm thrilled to have you here. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bob. It's, it's, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. I feel like I need to kind of tone down my voice. You have this very soothing, gentle, which is, goes with your name, voice. And I get in front of a microphone and I get really loud and, and a little boisterous. So I feel like I come down to the gentle <laughs> well, level. You do you because this is me being upbeat and trying to bring the energy for you. I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> so for the person meeting you for the first time, can you maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, the kind of work you do? Sure, absolutely. I'm in Southeast Texas near the Gulf of Mexico, um, almost Louisiana. My brother-in-law is a good old Cajun boy. My company is called The Story Catcher. I'm called The Story Catcher. There's a whole thing behind how all that uh, took place and happened. But I work with uh, speakers, personal brands, sales marketing teams, and I help them find the stories they didn't know they had. The, the stories that they need permission to tell or they don't feel is relevant to their business. Or sometimes it's, it's the story under the story where the real emotion is. So I help them find those stories that connect with who it is they want to connect with so that they can take them down the funnel and convert things into sales or relationships, whatever the case may be. You're probably somebody, because of what you described, that I've I've really wanted to have on a podcast for a very long time. There's a reason I've been hunting you down. And it's because content marketing is essentially stories. That's, That's it. And a lot of people struggle to cut through. They try and you take one business, you compare it to another one. There's often very little to tell between them. The only thing that's really going to stand out is the stories we tell because that's pretty much all we have. It does require a little bit of courage and creativity. And when I always come back to something that Mike Michalowicz talks about in his book, Get Different, that we're hardwired to ignore similarity but we're designed to pay attention to what's different because it might kill us or eat us or it might be worth doing things with. If, it, if, if it's similar, we're just going to filter it out. And yet most people's marketing is, how can I do the same as they're doing but better? It doesn't work. 
Mm. And from a personal brand perspective, if you want to stand out, if you want to exist in the mind of somebody else, which is what a personal brand is, stories are what's going to insert you there. So how do you work with people to help them uncover those stories? It's interesting that you said that people want to do the same thing, but they want to be better. You know, we want to be the best. We want to be, you know, we, we want to be better. I want to do what they do, but I want to be the best. Come use me. I'm the best. I'm the best. And if you'll indulge me, there's a, a, a story when I was a kid, junior in high school. I had learned how to juggle when I was in middle school and decided if I'm going to juggle, I needed to add a unicycle to my repertoire because, I mean, that's what jugglers do. And so I did. By my junior year, I decided I needed a six-foot unicycle. And I, I got one. And I'm a little afraid of heights, but I did it. Probably one of the first moments where I can say I overcame a little bit of fear. One day I had this, this, this idea. I said, I, you know, I bet I can ride this six-foot unicycle all the way to my high school, right? Because nothing says, hey, ladies, right? like <laughs> a guy on top of a six-foot unicycle. And uh, so I decided I would do that. There were, there were three obstacles though, that kind of stood in my way. Uh, one, I was going to have to cross a six-lane road, which was fairly busy. The other was that I never learned how to get on the six-foot unicycle without a ladder or a truck or something to climb on. I never got brave enough to just climb up it like the, the pros do. So I can't fall. Because if I fall, I'm done. The other thing I never learned how to do on the six foot that I could do on the little one is what they call rocking, where you kind of go back and forth so that you can stay in one place if you have to. So I can't fall. I can't stop because if I stop, I'll fall. And I have to make sure that when I get to the traffic, I can cross. So the big day came. I made it all the way to the intersection and I knew there was a stop sign to be able to hold on to. And so I'm holding on. I'm waiting for that moment. And the traffic cleared and I went not realizing that the, the wheel of the unicycle had settled into this little divot in the asphalt. And a unicycle, either the wheel or you have to be moving at all times. So when I pedaled, the wheel didn't move. So I did. And I came crashing down six feet, broke both hands, had blood gushing down my legs. And I had to push the unicycle all the way back home. And as I'm going past this one older gentleman's home who'd been working in his front yard, he yells out, hey, you're pretty good on that thing. And at first I was really embarrassed and I thought, that's kind of rude. <laughs> and then I realized he never saw me fall. He was too far away to see that my hands were swollen. There was blood coming down my legs. He only saw me when I rode by. And so one of the things I teach people up front when we're talking about their stories is, and, and what they do is you don't have to be the best. You just have to be memorable. And nothing makes you more memorable than the stories you tell. And Specifically, a lot of them about you. What makes you, you? Um, so when I work with a client, I go through a, a little framework I have, the Story Catcher Framework, and it's three parts. It's catch the story, craft the story, and then convert with the story. Now, there's a lot of people who teach storytelling or how to put stories into maybe your marketing, but my big niche, while I teach those other things as part of the framework, is the catching. Mm. That's where people seem to struggle. I did some research recently uh, um, for a membership I'm about to launch. And one of the questions was, if, what's your biggest thing you struggle with when you're trying to use stories and presentations or marketing? And if I did a family feud survey, the number one answer on the board was finding them. 
I, finding I, I them abs- or taking my stories and making them relate. Yeah, I absolutely so. recognize that. That it's this whole phenomenon of what's ordinary for you is amazing for somebody else. That we just don't appreciate the impact of our lives and the little moments that are there. And I think the beauty of working with somebody like you is once you start the process of uncovering the stories, I'm imagining it's a little bit like opening a tap. The unconscious Mm -hmm. goes, oh, hey, he wants that stuff now. And they'll start coming. So how do you facilitate that with people? How do you help open that, that valve? I was shooting some video uh, for someone who's, who's pretty big in the digital marketing realm once um, in person um, at an event they were doing. And they did a lot of live video. They were great on live video, but they hated being recorded. And this was pre-recorded, kind of an interview style deal, but I wasn't going to be in it. It was just going to be her stories. And I'll never forget the moment where she said, I've never felt so comfortable with someone and I've never felt so comfortable on camera. And that was a big piece of me realizing that there was something I could do um, that people needed and that I enjoyed. For some reason, people relax around me, which is weird because I can be, you know, sarcastic and quirky and whatever, but they relax. They feel safe. They open up. And so that's the first thing I do is I make sure that anything that we're talking about, you know, it's between us. I'm not going to pressure them to tell a story. If I think there's a story there, we'll come back to it when they're ready to share it. And a lot of it is just listening. A lot of it's listening. I I love to tell people, there's an old uh, phrase from the seven habits of highly effective people. Your younger audience won't know what I'm talking about. But the fifth habit is seek first to understand than to be understood. It's a great use of words. Sounds great. It's a little hard to kind of think about and exactly what it means. So I always, I tell people, and this is what I do when I'm doing story catching is I listen so that I know what to ask next, not so I know what to say next. So if somebody at home is, is thinking, I'd like to start uncovering my stories, they don't have Chad in front of them. Are there any little techniques that they could use to begin that work? Absolutely. Um, you know, you can go into AI or you can find some online, but if there's certain types of stories or things that you're trying to trigger memories around, you can ask AI to, to create a uh, list of story prompts mm-hmm. for you. Story prompts are a great way to tap into things you haven't thought about in a long time. You ever been in a conversation with somebody and you tell them a story and you're like, wow, I haven't thought about that in years. Yeah. But for some reason in that moment, that memory came back because something prompted it. So story prompts are a great way. There's some writing exercises that you can do that are fun. I call it a memory jog. You just pick a random word and you set a timer for, I try to do 10 minutes. That can be a little long, but even five. And you start with that word and then you just write whatever comes into your head after you write that word down. No complete sentences, no complete stories, just whatever pops in your head. You're just trying to dump everything that just rolls off your head. And I've uncovered, that's how I remember the unicycle story. Mm. You know, it wasn't something like, in the moment, sometimes you're like, I need a story that shows blah, 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 blah. It's hard. So you have to go through these exercises. The other thing is, is switching the way you see the world, right? So you have to recognize the stories, learn how to remember the stories, 
and then learn how to relate with the stories. Those, those are my three R's. So the catching the stories, the crafting the stories would be the next stage. And I think before we jump into that, maybe it's worth looking at why are we doing this? What's it for? One of the things we were speaking about before we started recording is the barrier to entry. It might've been afterwards. So sorry for the listener if I'm repeating myself, but the barrier to entry for content marketing now is super low. It's very easy for anybody to rock up and build a very big audience, potentially not having to do any of the work yourself, let AI do almost all of it. The problem with that is there's no originality there. And if you really want to build a personal brand that develops trust, authenticity, credibility, and authority, you're going to have to do more than simply squeeze the AI juice and hope some good stuff comes out. It's going to be you, your stories, expressing your value very clearly. So for people that actually have inherent value, it's a wonderful opportunity to really stand out and be different. And this is why I think these stories matter. But how do you turn that raw material of the stories that you've caught into something that's worth listening to? What's the, what, how do you create that vector of, now I'm going to tell you my story? One of the things that we connect to is struggle. What, did something, what is, was something somebody went through to get where they are? And it can be something as, as uh, big as, you know, saving the world, or something as small as, this is why I use this toothpaste. Yeah. See, there's stories in everything. Do you drink coffee? Oh, yes. More than I should. I keep thinking about stopping coffee? to drink coffee, but I never do stop drinking coffee. How do you take your coffee? I have milk, and then usually I have a couple of sweeteners in it. I stopped drinking sugar. Gotcha. So there's a story behind why you stopped drinking sugar, but... If we sat down and we talked, we'd find that there's also a story behind why you take your coffee the way you take your coffee. I was doing this uh, workshop with someone and uh, in a group, and I had them just think about their mundane things they do every day, and she brought up coffee. She drinks her coffee black, and she shared with us that it was because she was in a third world country, and she didn't have access to any sweeteners or cream or anything, but she needed her coffee. And so... Being there, she learned how to drink it black, and then it became, that's what she craved, and that's what she wanted. So when she came out to the States, that's why she drinks her coffee black. That's a cool story. She was in a place, her struggle was, I want coffee the way I want to drink coffee, but they don't have the things that I need. And she overcame it by training herself to be able to drink black coffee, and now that's all she drinks, right? It's simple, but because there's a, a hero with some kind of hurdle they have to over overcome to get to the harvest they're trying to reach, we relate to it. It's, it's oh, really I, interesting. That answers your question. It, it does, I think. But it does and it doesn't, but we'll come back to that in a minute. I think you mentioned the hero and this idea of the hero's journey and the importance of the struggle. If you watch Mission Impossible and there's no dangling off a cliff, oh, is he going to fall? It's a really boring film. Nobody cares. I think there's a balance between sharing the struggle and just complaining. The, prop, the, the point of the hero's journey is you tell it from the perspective of having arrived, 
you tell the stories about how you fought the monsters about but you don't share the struggle you're in that's that's just moaning and i think this is why i think when you've been through the struggles you kind of you try and put them in the rearview mirror and you move on mm. but actually capturing them really th- there is a story that I'm not telling anybody at the moment. It's a really good story. I'm not telling it for very good reasons, but I know it's going to be a fantastic story, but it needs time to be allowed to fade. I read once, uh, I, I, I think it was how to tell a story was the name of the book, I, but there was a quote in it and I, and I, I've used it a lot of times. It's share stories from scars. Yeah. Not from wounds. That's a really good way of putting it because I think a lot of people talk about authenticity and vulnerability and that does lead to a lot of content where you just feel a little bit oh that's a bit much and it's because they're talking from the wound and not the scar that's a really nice um perspective i wish i could take credit for it it's all right you're here they're not yeah and i think we remember what we've paid attention to and i think you got to get some credit for that So the crafting of the stories, I think that's the question that I was asking about. If we're thinking, okay, there's a, there's a wound here, a scar rather. The reason I'm asking this question, I remember I was in a storytelling workshop with a guy who, where I live, was very well known as the storytelling guy. And he was also a self-made multimillionaire. So he was telling stories from the perspective of somebody who'd been successful. And he told fantastic stories. And I remember I asked him afterwards, these wild things that happened to you, that must have been, and he said, stop. In any good story, there's a, there's a, there's a central core, which is true. And then around that, there's some storytelling to make it worth listening to. And I'm curious, this is where I'm talking about the crafting of the story. It's not a series of facts, but it's how we join those facts together into a story that has an arc and it's worth paying attention to. How do you help somebody move from that core to here, here's this, here's something people will sit down and listen to? Sure. So it starts actually with the catch piece, right? Um, Matthew Dix uh, wrote a book called Storyworthy, and uh, he is where I read about the, the writing exercise. And then I went online and found out it's just something that writers do all the time. But he calls it homework for life. Every day you write a few notes down of just possible stories that happen. Or in the moment, something you remember and you keep, I call it a story journal. And the reason for the story journal is because then you're able to start collecting these stories. And when it's time to find a central theme or to find something that is relevant and you can use based on what it is you're wanting to accomplish... You have what I call, I call it your story arsenal. And you can go back to it and look through them. And the one that hits, and you're like, you know what? That's, that's kind of similar to what I'm talking about. Or, or, it, or it deals with overcoming a, a type of emotional thing. Maybe not the exact same thing, but it does tie in emotionally. So you have to have the stories before you can completely craft them. Yeah. Right? So we're not talking about making up stories. Now, once you have the story... You identify the hero, and the hero has to be somebody we all relate to, somebody we, we like, 
that we admire. There's a, a book called Save the Cat. It's a film copyright book, right, copywriting book. And Save the Cat is the, the process of at the beginning of the movie, at the beginning of the, when you meet the hero, the hero does something or there's something that's put in so that you immediately relate and you like them. Right? And that's a big part, making the hero likable and somebody that you can connect with. Then there's this driving force. If you, if you look through the whole method of stories, there's different steps that go into a story. The first one's aware. It's, it's just, you know, this is the hero. This is what's going on. And then they enter this kind of this, this dream state where they've got a dream and they're going for it. And everything's going well in the story. Then you introduce the hurdle, right? Where things start to go wrong. Things start to fall apart. And not necessarily completely or hard, but in a way that what it is they end up overcoming to get where they're going, the audience can connect and relate to. It's, it's important to, to look at it. You don't, you don't want to have yourself in a story or whoever you're sharing a story about overcome something that people can't even kind of sort of understand you know if you yeah. did something that allowed you to do something with quantum physics and you and you deliver it in a way that a quantum physics person would deliver it to another quantum physics person you can't right so when it comes to crafting you have to remember that you have to craft it for the audience that's going to hear it not for the way you want it to sound yeah so i, I think that's that's one of the big important things but the the, the third part of the framework is convert too yes. so this so you've, you've caught these stories You've caught the stories, you've got this arsenal, you craft them, and you craft them so that they will convert. Now, in some ways, it may be catch, convert, craft, because you also want to decide, okay, well, what is it that I'm trying to have a story do for me? And there's three main things that you want a story to do, right? And I, as I say it, know, believe, and do. You want people to know who you are, know that what you do, know how to reach you, know how to do business with you if it's a business thing, then you want them to believe. They want You want them to believe in you, in your product, what you're offering, that you'll do what you say, and then do. And I think that's kind of self-explanatory. The story has them end up doing something that you want. And so when you figure out what the goal is, then you go back to the arsenal, then you start to craft it, and you start to craft it in a way that will allow people to realize, oh, this is why I need to do this, or I need to do this because I see what it did for you or whatever the case may be. Um, so it's, it's a circle that also kind of crosses over itself. What I love about it at, at every stage and particularly because it is a circular, I could imagine layering and layering and layering this to the point where it becomes almost a fortress of stories that you overcome this problem of appearing transactional. And a lot of people's marketing from a personal brand perspective is very much focused on their functional role or the utility they provide. And mm. that's fine. But then all the potential customer has to do is decide, well, do I like apples, oranges? Is it, and it's probably going to be price orientated. Whereas if you've told stories, if you've created an emotional connection with the customer or the prospect, when they come to decide to make that purchase, it's not just about money at that point. It's about, well, who do I believe in? I, and, and if 
the competitor. I, I don't like the word competitor, but if, if the alternative is a utility or somebody who I'm emotionally connected to and I'm behind, well, if the price is the same, who's going to get the work every time? Mm-hmm. And realistically, if you've communicated your value and you've built more trust, the price can actually be higher and they'll still choose you. So from a practical perspective, I can completely see where the conversion side of things comes in. Even if you haven't had a one-on-one conversation, if people can cheer you on in the hero's journey repeatedly, if somebody, if you were going to go for a beer with Luke Skywalker or the guy down the street who you've never met, who's possibly much more interesting, who are you going to go with? It's a, it's a no-brainer. And I think- And not just interesting. I mean, relatable, I think is also a good word. Because when we, I think when we think interesting, we think that it means I have to be like really weird and strange or out there or whatever. And that's, people need to realize that, that your story matters. Your stories all matter. I kind of get off topic here, but it, people always say, what's your brand story? Tell me your story. And it drives me nuts because nobody has a story. Yeah. You are the sum of all of the stories that have made you who you are. And even the story that you're telling, that's my brand story. It's only your brand story because of so many other stories that happened for you to get to the place where you're trying to now create this brand story. And it's all those stories that people are more likely to connect with than this manufactured, I have to have it on my website, brand story. The truth is, by the time somebody's come to your website, they've probably already made a decision. And I think this is the mistake a lot of people make in their their marketing in general, thinking the website has to be all locked in. The truth is, the magic all happens long before people get to your website. Very few people will just do a Google search for whatever kind of coach or consultant or creator or expert you are. No. By the time they're on your website, it's it's for a transaction of some kind. Either they want information or they want a lead magnet or some kind of worksheet or they perhaps want to take that first step with you. But that's the end of the journey rather than the beginning of the journey. Yeah, no, I agree with that. What I am curious about is I completely understand how to use the kind of things we've been speaking about if I were giving a talk or if I were actually having a one-on-one conversation with somebody and I were using these stories to make points. What's interesting to me or what I would like to ask you is a lot of people come to social media in particular or content marketing in general if they're new to it from the perspective of this piece of content has to define the unified theory of me and why I matter. Mm-hmm. Whereas I like to take the approach that every piece of content that we create is a stitch in a tapestry and it's the tapestry that tells that story. How do you encourage people to use the kind of work that you do on a day-to-day, very practical basis in, in supplementing the social media? Or, or content marketing, let's say a YouTube channel or the more ephemeral social content. A, a good example would be that I share stories about what's going on in my world. that are not always these really long, oh, I better read, sit down. It's going to take a moment. There's times for those. 
like you mentioned when you're speaking, is definitely one. And there's time where they fit into written content, depending on the platform, right? If it's a blog post, it's a, something that you want people to read. LinkedIn, maybe. On occasion, Facebook. But if all I did was post these very well-written, long stories, good stories, on my Facebook page, some people would start to tune it out like, oh, it's going to be long. I don't have time to read it. So it, it, it's, it's learning how to tell that hero hurdle harvest either quickly or long, depending on where it is you're telling it. Are you trying to do it in a, a TikTok or a reel? Or are you doing an entire YouTube video? Are you doing it in a story on Instagram? Are you trying to tell it with an image? Right? So there's, there's, I posted a picture the other day. I was walking down the sidewalk. And the sidewalk is all broken up. And these oak trees and all these roots had kind of made it terrible. And I shared... Sometimes the road looks like this. All I can do is keep walking. I shared a part of me there. Right? I don't share it as a, you need to keep walking. I share that I need to keep walking. And immediately, what does that do? Does it give a whole full story? No, but it painted a picture of a journey that maybe I'm going on right now. I had people who commented, thank you for that. I completely get it now, actually. I've just had sparks popping off in my head that haven't been popping for a while. I mean, I look at the kind of content that I create when I'm creating longer form content and it's very informational and I think I'm kind of good at it, but put in a couple of stories, it would really lift it. And I think I love what you're doing about those little, what I think in cinematography, they might call vignettes, Hmm. but each one is micro stories. It doesn't need to be big. It doesn't need to be war and peace. It could just be, yeah, I, I, I get it. I love that particular sidewalk perspective. And 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 when you when you share you from a place of humility, not from a place place of boasting. Nobody wants to hear your boasting stories all the time, right? Especially if there's no hurdle, then it's not a story. It's just bragging, right? We are. My wife and I are making blah, blah, blah amount of money now, and we're, we're living this lifestyle now, and you can too. I, I can't relate to that. It's cool that you're doing it, but what was the struggle? I, I can't connect to where you are right now. I, need, I can connect to where maybe you were, then understand where it is I can possibly go. But people don't share that. They only want to share this, this sugar-coated fluffiness and then they think, well, why aren't people wanting to, to work with me? Because they don't, they don't relate to you. Yeah, what I love about this, I mean, the guy standing next to the Lambo, we've all seen it. And a lot of people think, well, that must be a good path. But it's lazy. And I think everybody is guilty of doing that to a degree. They maybe just don't have the Lambo handy to stand next to. Where am I going with this? What I'm saying is, A lot of people, when they come to content creation, they go to the low-hanging fruit. They go to the obvious, the line of least resistance. And it doesn't really cut through. It's not sustainable. It makes you really boring and Mm one-dimensional. And if you look at any anyone that you're really into online or through the media, it's because they exist in three dimensions in your mind. Because they make more of themselves available for your unconscious to have a relationship with. And so you cheer them on. And 
what you're describing is a wonderful method for you to be richer in the mind of the other person. And if you look at what is a personal brand, a personal brand is over time establishing a beachhead in the mind of somebody else. And what you're offering there is a wonderful way of making that not just a, a, a barren bit of ground, but a rich, fertile garden for them to employ their imagination around. And then if they need what you do, if they need the value that you express, they're going to move in your direction. And I think there's another important aspect to this, which I think you touched on, which is not everybody's going to like you. And wouldn't it be nice if the, the people who came to you came to you for the reasons that matter to you, if they like you for who you actually are? And if you never express who that is, well, all that's left is random chance. So the more you articulate who you are, what you stand for, what you enjoy, what sparks joy, the more those people are going to be drawn to you. The byproduct of that is you just have clients who are into you and you're into. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm curious to hear from you alongside that is you're bound to get a negative reaction sometimes. And what I love about this is that's probably okay. Mm -hmm. If you turn the volume up on this as you do, what kind of reactions do you get from people? For the most part, people are respond positively when somebody's sharing from a place of vulnerability. With the, not the the yes, we want people to buy from us, right? They, we want them to believe that we can do what we do, and we want them to do what we want them to do. But first, they have to know. They have to know us. But nobody wants to get to know somebody who's only interested in making sure you know them. Yeah. So if you're telling stories only so people just know who you are versus telling them so they can connect with who you are, you're going to you're going to fail. Right? So if I post something, it's not it's not to brag. I I post something or I share a, a story or a moment cuz I feel like I bet I have I know other people who have struggled with something similar. Trying to make a decision. Right? And when you, when you post, it's like you and I talked earlier about that I t tell people to listen so that you know what to ask next instead of listening so you know what to say next. I, I think it's similar with social media. We, we are so anxious to say and tell everybody all these things about us, but only the good stuff. But we, we never share stories and things in a way that honestly are encouraging other people to open up because you want to know about them. We're about to launch this membership February 1st, the Catch Your Story membership. And I need to do some market research because I want to make sure that I was delivering what everybody needed. I'm not online pushing Story Catcher. Look what we did. We did this today. We did that today. Blah, blah, blah. I share me, and on occasion I'll, I'll throw a little Story Catcher thing in there. People know who I am. They, they, they know that I'm, a, I'm the story guy and I help people find stories. But I really just share, to share me in a way that maybe it helps somebody else and lets me get to know them. So I posted on Facebook. I said, hey guys, I need a, a few people. I've, I'm trying to do a little stuff for a story catcher. I'm trying to work on a project. I could use your help. Um, just like 15 minutes. Here's my scheduling link. If anyone has time, it, I'd appreciate it. 
I think all of us, for the most part, would probably think, you know, hey, uh, I'll be lucky if I get three. But because I shared my stories in a way that people connected with them, related to them, instead of it just being a, just this is who I am, I had over 40 people in two days click a scheduling link from Facebook and say, I don't even know what this is about, but I want to help. So I, I think it's we really need to think about why we're telling the story. And while there's this underlying build our business, if we're not doing it first, though, to connect, then then it's just not going to work. I, I love the idea of content as a service, content creation as a, a coming from a place of service. And I think a lot of people, and again, you kind of hinted at this, but it's worth calling it what it is. A lot of people, when they are, again, new to content marketing, particularly social media content, they have this powerful anxiety that they feel like posting on social media feels like showing off. And it really can be quite paralyzing. And this is why I think it's important to get your content philosophy right. And I love what you've brought to that in this interview. And I think understanding your content philosophy will really allow you to open that door into being a consistent, authentic creator who can lean into and, and bet on their own stories and let them out into the world without really worrying too much about what's going to happen. Is it is it going to turn into customers? Because relationships have to come first. And if you can establish relationships, even if it's relationships with a large audience in a kind of parasocial way where you maybe don't know everybody, but everybody kind of feels that they have an authentic experience of who you are and that you've given them something before you've asked for anything. That's a wonderful foundation. So thanks for that. That's been really helpful. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate so, it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking of uh, uh, an example. I was doing a little story catching session with someone a while back and, uh, she worked for a lawnmower company, yeah, a lawnmower company, and uh, in marketing. And I asked her why she, because she was says I really like working there. And so we talked about why, and she said it was because well their customer service. I just love their customer service. Like if somebody needs something, they are there. They're there, T day, night, whatever it is. They're there, and I just I love that about them. It's not just words. They are there. I said, so yeah. it's kind of like uh, doing a riding lawnmower, but uh, having a two-seater. He said, yeah, it's like that. They're on, they're along for the ride the whole time. I said, that's cool. Why do you care? And we, we stopped and we listened. We thought. I asked some more questions. And typically, we might create an ad or a commercial, thinking we're, we're sharing this, this thing. We, hey, guys, we know what it's like to not be able to get the service you need and feel like you're just left out in the cold. But here at such and such, we believe that service is important. And so you can believe blah, 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 blah. That goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? Same stuff, just trying to be better. Doing yeah. the same thing, trying to be better. I probably don't believe it. But as we talked, she started to tear up. And a lot of people have called story catching sessions therapy without uh, advice. I can tell you how to use the stories, but I can't solve, you know, the underlying problems. That, but 
what it turned out is she opened up and she said, I love it because I've never had somebody like that in my life. I've never had somebody who I knew I could count on. I said, well, you're married. And she's, no, I just never had that. I've never had somebody day or night I knew would be there for me. And seeing them do that for other people, I want to be a part of that. So if, if your ad now switches to, we know what it's like to feel alone, feeling like there's nobody there who cares, nobody you can count on. We've been there. It sucks. It's one of the reasons why when we created this company, we want to make sure that if you needed us, we'll always be there for you because no one deserves to feel alone. I can, I can relate to that. I can connect with that. But we have to learn how to dig deeper within ourselves. We have to give ourselves permission to, to open up and share a part of ourselves that we think people are going to judge, but the truth is they're going through something similar or, or, or they want to be there for you. As, as business owners that have team, we, we don't spend enough time talking to our team and finding out really why they like working here. Your employees are going to give you the fluff answer, right? The expected answer. Yeah. But if you listen to know what to ask next, and you do it from a place of, I really want to know you, they're going to open up and you're going to find out that they work with you for incredibly emotional reasons that you had no idea about. And when you share those stories with others, they're going to want to be a part of that. So that's, that's the big piece of story catching for me. That's why I, I say it's a privilege that I get to do this with people. I can see that. I think that's a wonderful place to bring things to a close. I will tell you, and I don't say this normally, there are very few people I've had on the show and they've made me want to put my hand in my pocket and find my wallet. I love the idea of the Story Catcher membership. You can expect to see me front of the queue when you do launch it. Anybody's listening, this is probably the most important work in content marketing. If you can't communicate and stories sit at the heart of communication, everything else is going to be hard. So... I am a big Chad fan. I don't have the hat yet. If you're watching on YouTube, you can enjoy the hat. If you're listening on the podcast, you need to just possibly look at the artwork and you can enjoy the glory that is Chad's hat. <laughs> but for now, Chad, what's one thing you do now that you wish had started five years ago? One thing that I do now uh, that I wish I'd started five years ago, believing in me as much as other people did. I think that's very relatable and hopefully everybody will pay attention. Chad, you have been awesome. I've really, really enjoyed this. We will definitely have you back and go deeper again sometime soon. Hopefully not another year and a half. <laughs> no, uh, definitely not. I'd be honored. Yeah, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. But for you, the listener, that does bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for patiently listening. Hope you did enjoy it. And if you did, then I would encourage you to leave a five-star reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're on YouTube, it's just one click, a thumbs up and a subscribe and you're there. If you did enjoy the show, you will also love the personal brand business roadmap. It's everything you need to start, scale or fix your expert business. It's 100% free as a gift from me. Just visit amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap. Chad, you're awesome. Thank you very much. Right back at you. You at home. See you next time.